And this was Forbidden Love by my good sis Sayana. You better check out her music on any platform. But before you get into anything else, let me introduce myself. Some of you might know me as Miss Chris. Others know me as, you know, Christopher Marlowe, the performer, the model, the girl of the hour. You know, just like Tiana Taylor, the girl does everything. She does anything. First of all, I just want to thank CKUT, the whole team of CKUT, and everybody that's worked with me behind the behind the scenes over the years just to get me on this radio show. I can't believe a little girl like me from Montreal North, you know, talking her big thing on the radio. Shout out to everybody from North Side. And yeah, so basically to give you an idea of what every Monday from now on is gonna be like, you kinda see that you kinda have to see the show as like a mix of Wendy Williams and Carrie Bradshaw. For everybody that checked out the reboot, you know, and just like that, we're taking it back to the old days, to the real sex in the city. You can ask me anything. Listen like I said on Instagram, you have questions about marriage, ask Miss Chris. You have questions about children, ask Miss Chris. You have questions about what it is to be a white woman in America, ask Miss Chris. I might be able to tell you. Listen, you have a problem, I have the solution. You have a question, I have the answer. So call me up. And yeah, I cannot wait to just share this amazing opportunity with you guys. And let's get it popping. So basically, let me give you guys a little backstory as to what the first episode is going to be about. So as everybody knows, in this city, we're slowly reopening, you know, the clubs back up, back on. You know, I was at Dacha last night. I was at Emmy's Ghost. Like I said, the girl gets around, the girl goes around. But from talking to all these people, you know, when the clubs are reopened, the drinks are flowing, the tongue, you know, the mouth, they get loose. People get talking. They get to, you know, they tell their stories. And something came up to me recently from different people. And I, I felt like, you know, I had to do something about it. I had to do a show. Because I had to dig deeper into the understanding that is, what is cheating? Why do people cheat? And what makes people, you know, because I see relationships and people in three categories. You have, I like to call it the LLC. You have the lovers, you have the leavers, and then you have the cheaters. Some people decide to love, they stand misery, and you know, they're perfectly happy with that. Others know when it's time to leave, they know when it, the time is right. And often, you know, they even end up leaving a bit too, too, you know, too soon. They don't get the full potential of the relationships. But then you have the other ones that decide to stay through the misery and they decide to cheat. And that really made me think, because I was like, most people would equate it as man being, you know, a very binary way of thinking. So basically, men cheat out of urges and women cheat because feelings are involved, which I personally believe that, you know, as much as we're living in a binary world, I am a non-binary girl. I do not go by these, you know, these mindset and these preconceived notions. So, I decided to do a little research and, you know, I posted on Instagram. Thank you. First of all, thank you for everyone that reached out. You know, some people reached out and told me their whole business. Some people that I knew, some people that were strangers, some people that I would like to get to know even better because these people seem to be funny. <laughs> Those stories were quite something. But one thing that really struck me, because 
when I think when I talk to men about those, you know, cheating stories and their cheating and their girlfriend cheating, most of the cis men that you know I had the conversation with, which is nothing to you know to be surprised at, but a lot of them seem to be under the impression that their cheating would be different because their cheating equates to you know it's just a sexual thing, but that if their girlfriend was to cheat, something else would have to be involved. You know, she has to be in love with the other guy or the other girl. God forbid. But then. From listening to straight men and cis men, I was like, well, some, something is not adding up. It can't be because I know plenty of girls that like to get dick. I know plenty of cis women that love sex. I know plenty of cis women that enjoy sex. And they're not the type to really, to really you know, add and tangle and entangle all of their relationships and emotions with. I know some women that are pretty sex positive. So I was like, you know what, let me get the, the quote-unquote cis woman point of view. Because like I said, I'm a non-binary girl. As much as I can, you know, relate and I can understand and, see, you know, try to see the deeper meaning in a lot of these relationships, we still live in a binary real world. You only see so much, you know, queer relationships on TV. So that makes you think, what does that equate to? And from talking to the people recently that, you know, reached out to me about the cheating, one of them in particular, I'm not going to, you know, shout to this girl, I love her. And she explained to me something so, so real about her cheating, basically. She explained to me that, first of all, she was never in love with the other guy. She couldn't care less about the other guy. That's That was a fact that was established. The cheating itself came from the fact that the other guy made her feel more, quote-unquote, appreciated. And also, you have to take into consideration that the cheating took, you know, took place during the last two years. So, pandemic relationships are something else. I told you people from the beginning, do not get endospendemic relationships. It will not last. But listen, we're here to talk about it. So this girl told me that basically, just like anybody else that was, you know, moving in with their partner, their significant other during the pandemic, she found herself really becoming almost codependent with her partner. You know, you find yourself doing the same things. You find yourself watching the same television. You find yourself eating the same thing because you're always together in the same house. And when you're stuck with someone in the same house for all this time, you have no choice but to, you know, open and let your feelings and let your emotions onto that person because that's the only person I can technically listen to at the very moment. But then that it does the other you know the the other significant other in a position where it's like, am I your therapist or am I your girlfriend? And that's exactly what drove that girl to cheat. And that made me realize because I'm like, we expect everybody to, you know, in a relationship, we expect so many people to be the the backbone. We expect so many people to be the the therapist, the helping the helping hand, the listening ear, the listening ear. But at, there's a time that comes in anybody's life and anybody's relationship and any exchange that you have to know what's, first of all, what's right for you. Because I always say, to love others is to know what's right for you. And then there comes the point where, you know, you ask yourself, well, why do people cheat if you're, if you're really, or about, if you're really about to choose what's right for you? Why do you cheat? Why don't you just leave? But then you have to realize that some people, they cheat because they don't, as, you know, as harsh as that might sound, as that might sound, but... They cheat because they don't love themselves. Now, I was talking to somebody else recently. Like I said, I'm not mentioning any names, and that goes on for anybody that wants to call right now. You know, it's 514-448-4013. Tell me something good, I'll tell you something better. So, you know, anonymity is something that I believe in. You don't have to worry. I'll keep your name quiet. I'll bring that shit to the grave. Trust and believe. But, yes, to go back on why do people leave and why do people cheat, some people cheat because they don't love themselves. Some people cheat because some people stay and cheat because they believe that there's nothing else for them outside. There's not there's nothing better for them outside. There's no one better that's gonna understand them, that's gonna pull up with all their shit, that's gonna, you know, 
do their work with them. But that's something that I really want people to, if you're listening and you're, and you think that you're one of those people, I want you to get this in your head that first of all, your first relationship is with yourself. The girl that you're with right now, she'll be with somebody else in 10 years. The person that you're with right now probably will be in, you know, listen, if you think that the person that you are with at this very moment is going to be the person you'll be with in 30 years, I'm glad for you. But I also want you to understand that it doesn't always work that way. And the person that you're with in 30 years, you might not even meet them in 30 years. You might meet them in 31 years. You know, I always tell my girl, Sana, when it comes to chasing love, you could go on a date every day of the year, 365 day, and you would still meet the person that you're falling in love with on the 366th day. You cannot just chase love and, ex- chase love and expect love to show up because you are waiting for love. It simply doesn't work like that. Which brings you back to the people that decide to stay in the relationship, the lovers, the ones that stay and, you know, they, they work through it. And I met somebody like that recently and he was very insightful because I asked him, I said, well, if you know it's not working well, if you know she's not as happy and if you know you could be even happier, why do you allow yourself to be stuck in this, you know, in this pain of misery and whatnot? And he said something very important. He said that basically the reason why you would stay with this girl for two simple reasons. That really blew my mind. First of all, he said she, he knows that she will be an amazing mother, right? This is the person that he would want to be a mother figure to his children, which I can understand. You know, you have to, you have to know who you're having kids with. I always say, too many times I see people having kids with just about anybody, and then 10 years from now, you end up with a, either a racist partner or somebody that was just a, such a bad influence in terms of teaching hate to your children. And I say this to especially cis straight people you know that call themselves ally you cannot be an ally to the community to the queer community if you willingly and knowingly decide to lay and have kids and you know build some something with someone that you know is inherently homophobic homophobic transphobic and whatnot you just can't you have to know you have to be able to know what's right for you and what's right for others and what's going to be right for your children and when my friend said that he stayed with that girl because he knew this would be the perfect mother figure for his child I asked myself, I said, well, you think there's nobody else in the world that could do a better job? I said, what about you? And his answer brought me right back to what I said earlier. He don't love himself. Because when I asked him if he thought he could do a better job at her to raise his own children, and he said, I don't think so. I think I would do a pretty fucked up job. And then I told him, so you know you're going to do a fucked up job at raising children, but you're expecting to put all this on another woman that you don't even love that much simply because she's a respectable one. And that goes back once again to what we see on TV, what we see on in the movies about, you know, what is a quote-unquote respectable relationship? You know, what is a quote-unquote healthy family? What is a quote-unquote and what and everything? It's really shocking. You know, it's really, really, really shocking. But before I get into something deeper, let me play some other song for you. Give me one sec. Yeah, so basically, most of you guys know it's my first episode, so you know I'm not the most technical person. But we're getting there. There we go. Trades POV by my good sis, Sayana. You know I'm crazy, but that's just how you like me, baby. Under the city stars, this could be a mistake. Cause 
Don't hit me cause a lady Just get me around in your Mercedes Don't look at me when you drive the city safety I get beautiful eyes, gonna get hazy You know I'm crazy But that's just how you like me, baby Under the city stars It should be a mistake But don't hit me cause a lady Just get me around in your Mercedes Don't look at me when you drive the city safety I get beautiful eyes, gonna get hazy My big beautiful eyes gonna make you hazy POV out of Santa's 19 Years of Rage EP. You're listening to 90.3 FM, CKUT FM. Just to ask Miss Crystal once again, the line is on, call up, tell me something good, and I'll tell you something better. <clears throat> so basically, earlier I mentioned, you know, me talking to different cis men about the LLC, the lovers, the leavers, and the cheaters. But this is a different kind of show also. I can't just be, you know, sitting here talking about other people's business. I have to put my own business on the side, you know, on the stand, on the front, actually. <laughs> so let me tell you about my own experiences with cheating. One thing about me is I'm not a cheater. And let me tell you why I'm not a cheater. It is not because, you know, yes, I am a Christian, I'm a woman of faith, and I believe in the heavenly above, amen. But that is not the reason why I don't cheat, because I've often been the other woman. The reason why I don't cheat is because I, you will not be holding myself accountable over cheatation, rumors, and cheating. You will not be walking around Montreal saying Miss Chris is a cheater. I know better, and I know better for myself. However, you can walk around and say Miss Chris is the other woman. Several can, you know, vouch for that. But there's one in particular, once again, no names, that'll put, you know, when you're the mistress, you gotta know your position, you gotta play your cards right. But this is a man that's been, you know, sharing my life to a certain extent for the past three years, and from talking to him recently, because I hadn't talked to him in a while, right? When I moved into the new apartment that I moved on and moved on into this summer, I was like, 
I'm letting a lot of all this, you know, nonsense in the back of my life. These men were not good for me. That man was never my man. That ain't my nigga. That's another, that's another girl, nigga. But then, especially as, you know, as a trans girl, as a non-binary girl, you find yourself, you know, most of the guys that are approaching you and are very, when it comes to showing that they really want to see you, they really want to get with you, they really want to get it popping. These are guys that are DL. These are guys that are relationships. And my thing with DL man is, you know, I'm pretty open. I'm pretty understanding. Um, you know, you can decide to stay in the closet. That is your own choice. That is your privacy. I would never, never, and with a capital N, out somebody else. That is, you know, that is the most unbecoming thing you can do to someone, I believe. But my thing with DL man is not because you're in the closet do I have to go in the closet with you. Listen, I, I, you know, I got out of my closet years ago. I, can't, I, don't, I have too much baggage to go into somebody else's closet. If you're a DL, and if you want to be in a whole cheatation, cheating situation with me, you're going to have to play your cards right. Because the thing is, a lot of these people, I can understand that you decide to cheat with somebody else, and you know, your significant other is always going to be your primary partner to a certain extent. And I fully understand that, and I fully agree. I always tell my girls, you know, the ones that are falling in love with uh, the married man, the ones that are falling in love with the guy with the girlfriend, you have to understand that the wife, the girlfriend, the boyfriend, whatever gender the person, the significant other is, they're always going to come first. And that's the way, and sadly, that's the way it has to be because you willingly decided to take part in this, so you have to understand that. Everybody plays their position, like Lil' Kim said, PYP, play your position. And I was talking to him recently because... My guy, the reason why he's been cheating for the past maybe two, three years is, you know, we're getting into details. I'll be honest. It's I'm a straight shooter, pow, pow. Sexually, his partner was not as adventurous, right? There's a lot of things that she wouldn't do. There's a lot of things that, you know, she's just not willing to to put out, to do, to get into with him. And I I can understand there's boundaries in sex. And I always told him, you know, you just have to talk to her. You just have to bring the the conversation. You can't just expect your partner to just you know, jump up on the dick and do a full split because you saw you saw somebody else do it on, you know, in the porn sites and everything. You have to understand that everybody has their boundaries. Everybody has things that they're willing and able to do. I always say, I'm a polyamorous person. Whatever I can do for a nigga, another bitch in the street will. Somebody else will do it for him. And there's no shame in that. I am the type to even put my niggas to other one of my friends. You want something that I won't do for you? Trust and believe I know somebody else that will do it. So when I told him to talk to his girl about it, I said, you know, you should just have a conversation. You should just sit. Now, mind you, I told him, I told this to him three years ago when we first started talking to each other. Fast forward three years now, I find his number and my, you know, in my messages a while ago as, as I was cleaning my messages and everything and whatnot. And then I sent him a text because, you know, I'm like, well, what, is, what has he been up to? Because I haven't seen this one in, in a while. You know, I hope he's good because this is a good man. Let me tell you something. This is a good man. And so I'm talking to him and I'm asking him, about, asking him about the wife, you know, how is she doing and everything. Is there any kids in the picture yet? And he's telling me that, you know, long story short, the, 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 the issue with the wife is still remaining. Nothing has changed. And that shook me. I'm like, you mean to tell me three years down the line? And she still won't do the basic, you know, I won't say what she won't do because that is any woman's choice to do whatever she wants with her body. But as a sex, you know, as a sex positive person, that really took me back because i'm like we're talking about you know a little oral oral sex here and there maybe a little feet play you know just a little something to get the action to get it popping but miss girl don't want to hear none about it she is clear she is categoric she is done she will not do such things she will do no such thing that is not how she was brought up but my thing is how can you expect and i'm you know choosing my words carefully i always say choose your words carefully choose your words wisely but how can you 
knowingly denies so much of your partner's sexual identity way past your partner being bisexual your partner being by, by being you know pansexual or anything if you're not willing to do the most slight things with your partner right would you be willing to let your partner go out step out of the marriage step out of the relationships because at some point something has to give because i fully you know even though eartha gets said compromise for what compromise for whom a man come into my life and i have to be the one to compromise i fully agree with that but i also believe and everybody is their own person and i also believe that even if if the person is not willing to do it sometimes it's because they're not willing to and sometimes it's also because they can't and that's when you have to know what part of the llc do you stay with are you going to be the lever because you have to know when to leave you have to know what time you know you have to you have to know when nothing else is going to come out of that relationship and i asked him i said well if you know she's not willing to do and pause on that when i'm telling you i was upset for him because when i tell you guys this is a good man this is a man that i know respects his to a certain to a certain extent trans people and the and just the, the identity this is someone that all these years of us meeting and that's something that the girls the dolls the trans girls the non-binaries the fans y'all are going to relate to that we all know these guys that you know they expect you to look like naomi campbell but they won't take you out of the room they expect you to look like cindy crawford but they won't even be seen in front of the building with you they expect you to look like beyonce but they want you to remain a single lady <laughs> you know there's just they, they, they expect so much from you when it comes to the performing of femininity and this man never and those past three years that we have been in cahoots this man never even asked me to put on some eyeliner this man never even asked me to put on a dress this man took me as i was as i am and as i will be so when i'm hearing about his wife or his girlfriend not being you know willing to compromise not being willing to see his side or just open up the relationship and whatnot i'm just like that shit you know that shit that shit drives me crazy because I'm like, I just want to kick up the front door and be like, girl, if you don't suck his dick, you know, you just got to get into it. But once again, it's everybody else's choice to do what they're going to do in their relationship with their body. But can you fully get surprised when your man or your significant other is stepping out? Especially when the conversation has been brought because a lot of people from the research that I've done up. Oh, I've been talking so long with you guys. I have about five callers on the line. Let me get to the callers. Give me one sec. Ah, there seems to be a technical difficulty. See, well, I'm so sorry for everybody that I've been making wait. You know, it's my first time here and I get so carried away with talking. You know, the girl's a talker. But I seem to have missed some of the calls. So just call back. I have my eyes on the phone right now. Ah, you guys are really listening. That's perfect. First caller. Before we start, do you want to be on air? So everybody, we have a first caller, and I'm listening. Baby, tell me something good. I'll tell you something better. For you about cheating. All right. So, um, for like the past, I would say like three years, mm -hmm. I've been seeing this man. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a couple years older. Whatever. Um, so when we first started seeing each other, like I was in an open relationship. Yeah. And he tried to tell me he was single, right? Mm-hmm. But there were tons of red flags. Like every time we'd like hang out, you yeah. know, after we go to my place or we go to like his office or like mm -hmm. his studio or whatever, but we never went to his place. Mm. So I kind of put the math together and realized of course. he has a wife or a girlfriend. There's somebody at home. So there's somebody at home. So one time he's like, after six months of seeing each other, he invites me over to his house. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of did my snooping, like looked around to see if I could find anything. Yeah. Um, one day I go into like, I'm in his room and he goes to the bathroom mm -hmm. and I look under the bed 
and there's a whole box of women's toiletries. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> wait a damn minute. Right? Wait, wait. <laughs> there was like some hair products, some tampons, there were bras and panties. I said, this man tried to hide it. <laughs> Ex- wait a damn. Let me get into the full story. When you say he was a bit older, how old are we talking? Like a decade, a few years? He's 45. Okay. And I'm... I was 23 at the time. Continue. Okay, so you found the box. Did you bring it up to him? I found the box and I brought it up to him. Mm-hmm. What did he so say? So then, after that, he said it was his sister. He said it was what? It was what? <laughs> it was his sister. <laughs> <laughs> These niggas will come with you with any type of story expecting you to believe it. Any story. I honestly, like, I was like, girl, I know you're lying, but okay. So my question is, mm-hmm. you know, I've been, it's been years now. At this point, every now and then when I'm bored, I'll send him a text. He'll come over. Yeah. But, like, the past couple months that I've seen him, it's been a lot. Because at this point, he's trying to leave his, his girlfriend for me. Don't take him. So, Don't take him. So my question this Chris, is, mm-hmm. I still, still keep sleeping with him? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just let him leave her if he wants? Or just, you know, walk away from it? Okay, so... I'll tell you what I would do if I was in your situation. First of all, him okay. coming, him coming to you, is just you know ludicrous. How is he expecting you? <laughs> how is he expecting you to believe and trust him after he was in cahoots and canoodling with you all these years? Trash. Forget him. Forget him. This man is not to be trusted. And when, okay. it, when it comes to <laughs> him leaving the girlfriend, the wife, whatever, you know, that's good for him. That's if he feels like you know if he has some conscience all of a sudden. But mm-hmm. I would say when it comes to sex, if it's only sex, if you're willing to mm-hmm. have that conversation, oh, like, it, is. it is only sex. Perfect. You have to have that conversation with him and let him know that mm-hmm. there's nothing else going on. There's not going to be a ring. There's not going to be a wedding and there's not going to be children. This is oh, no, strictly no, no. Have, dickly. He knows that. Yeah. But do you think that he's fully accepting? Because, you know, men, they say they understand and they agree with it. And in the back of their heads, they just, you know, they're planning on how to make you fall in love and whatnot. And that can be very messy. Do you think he's a type yeah, of guy to really... Yes, I think so because at this point, every time I see him, like mm-hmm. the past, I guess a year and a half, mm-hmm. now like I just see him like maybe like once a month for a hookup, yeah. and then every time I see him, I always like I always wonder like why do I never hit this guy up anymore? And then as soon as he pulls through, I realize oh my god, he's trying to make me fall in love. So I should just walk away, right? You should just you know what you should just walk away honestly because he seems to be. Because I'm still not over the fact that he was with somebody. How long was he with that person when, you know, before that? How long was he, was he with that person? Oh, here's where the story gets crazy. I, mm. I, okay, so later on, seeing each other, I, I, like, I asked him the truth. I was like, I know you can't lie. Like, come on, just be honest. Yeah. They've been together for five years and lived together. <laughs> five years? <laughs> so three out of those five years, you were involved. Pardon? So basically three out of the five years, you were in the picture as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's why I always tell, I always tell the girls, I always tell the boys, you don't know somebody till you know somebody. You really don't. This is true. But I would say leave, and I would say <laughs> just walk away from it because I feel like he could, even though you're not trying to do anything else with him, I feel like he, the type of person that he is, if he was able to do that for so long, he could, you know, bring so much more drama in your life. And just the fact I'm still, right. you know, I'm still not over him. Like I don't know. It's just I've I've seen guys like that. I've met guys like that, and honestly, it's never worth it because. We both know, you know, they'll never trust, they'll never fully treat us like the first option up until, like you said, he's willing to leave the wife and he's expecting you to be willing to be the first option now. Nigga, no. I needed to be the first option a long time ago. This is not giving. This is, I don't need to be the first option. Not anymore. You're right. You're right. Thank you, Ms. Christian. Of course, baby. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye.
All right. So back into the conversations, child. So, you know, thank you for this girl to bring that story because that makes you think. You are seeing somebody, right? For all the girls and all the boys that have been the other woman, the other nigga, the other whatever, the other non-beanie, all right? When you fall in, when you start telling yourself that, you know, there could be something better, there could be something more coming out of it. For what? Listen to me, what me and this girl just told you. Me and her both have been in somewhat situationships with people that were in actual relationships with other people for a few years. I have been involved somehow with that person for maybe three years. I don't know how long he was involved with that other girl, right? But that just goes to show you, if these people are able to have two relationships ongoing for two and plus years with nobody knowing, first of all, that is one good of a liar because you can't lie to me for that long. I give you three weeks until I start connecting the dots, you know? If you're able to put somebody out in this game for two and this foolishness for more than two years, shout out to you. You know, you got some good game going. But I want the non-beanies, the girls and the boys and everybody that has been the other woman and the mistress and whatever. Understand that the same way he did that to her, he can do it to you. And I've seen people that got in relationships with their, you know, their lovers after that person broke up with a significant other because they thought, well, he loves me. She loves me. You know, she, she left the other one for me because he wanted to be with me. What makes you think that five years down the line, he won't find somebody else that he wants to be with? And that's why I always say when it comes to monogamy and polyamory, I wish more couples were willing to ex to explore polyamory or just willing to, if it's not polyamory, to explore certain type of, you know, sexual activity that is more outside of the box. Because you can't, you simply can't be in a relationship where the sex is going to be monotone, where the sex is going to be triste. You know, triste dans ton comme ça. You have to be in a relationship where even if you're not a sexual person to that extent, you have to understand that if your partner is a sexual person, you can't just, you know, deny that person of a need because sex is something that's needed and something that's important for everyone. For that should, you know, that deserves to be important for everyone. But if the, that's important for your partner, you just can't expect for that person to put everything on the side because they love you. And if you do believe that that person is putting everything on the side because they love you, I'm not the type to tell people, you know, to start some mess, go in your partner's phone, but. I'd urge you to start paying attention to the signs. I really do. And on that note, let's take a little break. I'm going to play some song by my girl, Miss Janet Jackson, fitting someone to call my lover. Easily I fall in love, you gotta do it differently. 
So this was Someone to Call My Lover by Janet Jackson. You are listening to CKUT.FM. I'm your host, Miss Chris, and we have a caller. What's good? Hello? Hello? Hey, baby, what's up? Hi, Miss Chris. So I'm sitting here, five of us, listening to your radio show, and let me just say, we love it. Oh, thank you, babies. No problem. You're doing great. Um, I had a question for you because you mentioned leaving mm, earlier yes. on in the show. And um, it just brought to mind, like, what would be your last, like, straw before mm. you leave? What's a good indicator of, like, when to leave or what something you see and you know it's time? That's a good question. Um, I would say, basically, I struggle myself with, you know... Um, taking everything personal i'm listen i'm (laughs) one thing about me if you said it to me i'll hear it and i'll feel it however there's also the understanding of Mm -hmm. knowing when you have to have the conversation because you can't just leave without having a conversation right but i would say the breaking point for me is if i have to repeat myself because certain things for example if we already had that conversation right we already had it even if it was a year in the past but i see Mm -hmm. that you still went along and did the same way but especially if i see that you went along did the same thing that we talked about but i saw that you were plotting because people know mm. one thing that i've learned over the years of with all this dating and all these relationships is that people do know you know it's easy to like you're i think somebody once told me it's easier to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission true <laughs> so my thing is if i know and if i can because i usually know but if i know that you really work and you know you were in cahoots you were plotting you knew what you were doing that's a breaking point because one thing you will not lie to me i can't do a liar because I have to know that we share common values and common, you know, respect for each other. And lying to your partner, that's, you know, that's, because uh, if you're lying to me about one thing, what else are you lying about? Shit. I might be yeah. the one calling Miss Chris next week asking if my man is seeing somebody else, <laughs> you know? So oh. I would say lies is really a, a huge deal breaker. I, I really don't like being lied to. Yeah. True. That's a good point. Hey, listen. But what about and you? Me? Mm-hmm. Do you want to answer? I mean... I think what you said was really on point in terms of how I feel as well. I think lying, catching someone in a lie is mm-hmm. the first red flag of bigger, bigger trouble. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you, Miss Chris, for of answering course, my baby. question. Of course, always. Uh, I'll be listening for the rest of the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you, everyone. And keep on calling. The lines are still on. And you can send me a question at askmisschris at ckut.ca. So we are back. So we talked earlier about this guy that I've been seeing for a few years, right? But on the same topic of cheating, now, we've talked about the relationships, but I want this part of the segment to really be aimed towards the younger queers, and especially just, you know, younger people in general, young young cis women, young cis men. You know, I'm looking out for the youth. You know, I believe the children of the future. Pay them well and let them, see the, let them lead the way, like Whitney said. But basically, one thing about the cheating that I've often, you know, that I've often seen for myself, that I've seen for my friends, and I've just seen all over around and stuff is the age, you know, the age. There is somewhat of an age topic when it comes to cheating and who's cheating with who. Because if you pay attention, you'll often see that a lot of these, especially the, you know, older cis men that decide to go and cheat on their significant other, they're often going out, you know, for the younger ones, which there's something to be questioning ourselves on too. Because I always tell my friends, especially when, there's someone with a significant age difference involved is that you have to ask yourself, would that person be with you if you were 30 years older? Because it's easier to see yourself with a person and be like, you know, they love me for who I am. 
But then you start telling yourself, you know, you start believing everything that person tells you as to, I want to build something with you. You know, I, I, I feel different when I talk to you. It's, it's not like the other people, you know, you're more mature for your age and everything. I always ask myself this question. Do you think that person would be with you if two things were taken out or taken into the equation? For example, if you're a person of color, because this is very dear to me as a black person. I'm telling this to all the people of color. Would that person be with you if you're A, white? And if you're A, B, B their age? Because that's the thing. You know, I saw a tweet once that said, a young black twink is a Ferrari and a gay man, gay man's midlife crisis, midlife crisis, you know? And I believe it, shit. I've been the Ferrari of several middle-aged crises, you know, white men. That has happened. I, I can vouch for it. I'm here to talk about it. But one thing that really helped me over the years in understanding that, once again, my first relationship is with myself. A. Second of all, I have to know my worth. And it's something that I'm, you know, pressuring everyone to know. And it's easier to talk about than do, because I personally sometimes do things that, you know, I'm like, you are not fully respecting your worth here, young lady, you know? As a polyamorous person, I found myself often in situations... My God, you guys are calling up the line. We have another caller. Let's get into it. Hello? Do you want to be on air? Yes. I'm listening. Hi, would you like to be on... I'm good. Would you like to be on air? I'll put you on. This is Miss Chris. Tell me something good and I'll tell you something better. What's up? Hi, baby. How hey, are you? I'm good. What about oh you? Oh, my God. It sounds so good on the radio. Oh, my oh, God. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm loving it. Thank All you. this talking about cheating mm. uh, made me want to listen to Mary J. Blige. Can I request a song, please? Oh, you know, I love me some Mary J. Blige. What do you want to hear? I Can Love You featuring Lil Cam. I'll put it wrong. I'll put it on right after. Don't worry. Let me finish this little thank segment. You, baby. Of course. We love, love Mary you. J. All right. Mm-hmm. I can love you. <laughs> so you hear you hear you heard the request i'll be playing it afterwards but to go back on my point as a polyamorous person i often find myself in situations where you know you think well this is somewhat of a polyamorous relationship so you know i'm not the primary partner so it is okay for that person to treat me like the second option but i'm here to put an end to this i'm here to say it verb you know to see it to say it myself on air you are never to be made feel like you're a second option polyamory is not you guys are just calling listen we'll get to the point afterwards second caller (laughs) hey do you want to be on air hello yes would you like to be on air yes sure i'll put you on hey tell me something good i'll tell you something better what's up we are Louis Siswan. Uh, you're doing amazing. Oh, thank you. Um, so, yeah, je t'as parlé de polyamory, uh, de oui. polyamory um, plus tôt. Oui. Puis ça, je voulais juste savoir, like, talking with, let's say, your main partner, like, mm-hmm. you're not on the side this time. Yeah. How do you bring up the subject of uh, polyamorous relationships and how do you navigate that kind of, the kind of discomfort that people might have around that subject? Of course. <clears throat> I can definitely speak to you from experience because polyamorous was introduced to me by our previous partner, right? Before that, I was at a place in my life when I was younger, I was really insecure. So, you know, I was always thinking, polyamory, that's just a a way for that nigga to leave me for somebody else, (laughs) you know? But I had to understand and have a talk with that person and understand for myself that 
if that person is with me, I would hope that the person is with me for the reasons that I can, for the reasons that I have something to offer that somebody else doesn't, you know. And that's what I would tell you to tell maybe anybody else to tell their partners that polyamory is not someone trying to find something else better, something better or someone better. Polyamory is understanding that you can't, you know, technically can't really fulfill all of your partner's needs. And if you are really able mm-hmm. to, that's amazing. But there's understanding that there's certain things that you probably don't want to do for your partner. And that's totally fine because once again, there's agency and there's boundaries. But polyamory mm-hmm. is also understanding that you can love someone without it diminishing the love you have for somebody else. At least for right. me, the way I see it. But yeah, I guess it's all about right. reassuring your partner that it's not to find somebody else. It's not because you don't want to be with them. It's just that there's something more that you can get for yourself and that they could get for themselves as well because it goes both ways. You know? Mm-hmm. It's a moment of vulnerability too. See? Oh, see. That's what you can do. That's what you can do. Exactly. You're right. Yeah. No. I remember me when the person that I was dating, maybe was it four years ago, um, introduced polyamory to me. At first, I was really against the idea, right? I was like, this is not it. Because I, I felt like a relationship at the time was such a rocky place. But then you know what I told myself? I said, listen, if you can't keep the nigga, even if some other bitch was in or out of the pictures, this other bitch will get it. Because if the person doesn't want to be with you, there's nothing you can do to let them stay. Polyamory is not going to break a relationship. If a relationship broke right. because of polyamory, it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't that strong to begin with. Mm-hmm. So that's how I see it, at least. All right. Well, I'll let you get back to it, man. Merci beaucoup pour ta réponse. Merci à vous d'avoir. Uh, yeah, I loved, uh, loving the, loving the voice. The Thank you, baby. <laughs> ciao, ciao. Bye. Amazing. So yes, the polyamory aspect. I was I wanted to to keep the um, thank you, Jack. I wanted to keep the polyamory episode for you know maybe in a few weeks, but we can start talking about it now if you people have more questions about polyamory, because I'm big on polyamory and I could you know spend a few hours telling you about my polyamory stories. But the caller just you know the caller just asking me about polyamory made me think of my first experience with polyamory and i feel like maybe this is the right time to talk about because it is like i said i'm not a cheater but it was kind of you know edging towards the word of towards cheating if i can give some details so basically situation was that like i said i had no interest whatsoever at the time at that time to be into a into a polyamorous polyamorous relationship because of insecurities because you know of the way our relationship was going and whatever but the more and more i thought of it like i said i knew that if he, if that person really wasn't happy with me, another person in the picture wasn't going to do anything. You know, if that person loves me the way they say it, they'll stay with me also. So I said, you know what? Okay, let's give it a try. But I'll be honest with you guys, my viewers, your listeners. The main reason why I was so willing to try was because your girl had a trip to New York <laughs> planned the next week. And one thing I wasn't about to do is go to New York for the first time in my life and go locked up. Are you crazy? I went to New York as a almost, you know, semi-single polyamorous woman. <laughs> and I had the time of my life. Now, is it cheating? Not necessarily so. Was it plotting? Entirely. But you see the difference? Do you see it? Because once again, it was a conversation that the person brought to me. We discussed about it. Now, did I feel the need to let my partner know that I had, you know, me going to New York meant that I was about to live it up? You know, they were about to lose me on these streets, honey. I didn't have to tell them that because one thing about polyamory is you see the way it fits with your relationship for example i have some friends they'd be willing to do maybe an open relationship but they're pretty clear on the fact that they do not want to hear about it they do not want to know the details 
And then you have people like me. When you come home, I'll ask you, what did she do to you? She did what? Oh, honey, I want to hear all the details. And I'll be here for it. And I'll share her on. Because I'm sure there's certain things that she did that I can't do. And shit, I might even give her a call for some, you know, some lessons or whatever. So it all depends on the way you want to deal with your open relationship or polyamory. I am in the school of, I do not like lies. You're not going to tell me that oh, I was, you know, I'm out playing with the bros. And one of my girls telling me that she saw, she saw you at Dacha and during a dark, and during a darkened stomach with a brunette. Oh, we have other colors. <laughs> I love this. Tell me something good. I'll tell you something better. Do you want to be on the line? Perfect. So we have a call on the line. Tell me something good and I'll tell you something better. What's up? Hey, uh, <laughs> just first off, you are killing it. Thank I you. love what you're doing. Um, you. I wanted to ask about your first experience with polyamory mm. when you were a more insecure person. You mentioned your experience going to New York, but how did yeah. you navigate and uh, get used to when things worked the other day, other way when your partner mm-hmm. um, had some of their needs met by another person? How did mm-hmm. you uh, navigate that for the first time and get used to that? Of course. Um, I feel like as funny as it sounds, as much as at the time I wasn't, you know, willing to try polyamory, it was once again out of self, it was, um, out of insecurities. And also I'm realizing a lot of selfishness because I was never, I'm not really a jealous type of person. Like I said, I have no issues talking with my partner with, about him. There are other sexual partners. I love hearing about stuff like that. I just love sex in general and love and everything that can, it can bring to you, it can bring to you. But I would say from me dealing with my partner going and fulfilling needs with, other people it wasn't as hard as i thought it would be at first because i first i really thought you know i really thought that the fear of them meeting that one person that would make them understand that i'm not the one for them right i really thought they would meet them so quickly and everything and my partner at the time really i would say did a great job at understanding the rules and boundaries because it's something that's very important if you're going to introduce polyamory or just any type of open relationships and your relationship there needs to be some type of rules because when there's no rules, that's when people start hurting each other. You know, you have to understand and know what are the other people's boundaries. So I would say my personal experience, personally, when I went to New York, I, <laughs> I went to New York thinking, you know, it was my first time in the United States. I was about to, I don't know, I was about to be, you know, 13 going on 30 with Jennifer Garner, the movie. <laughs> I thought I was about to be on Manhattan and honey, Paris Hilton or something was about to come out of the Hilton for me or whatever. But it was really mind opening because I spent the majority of that trip with a partner that I met in New York. It just clicked right away. It really mm-hmm. just clicked right away. And next thing you know, I was four days in that room. All we did was doing coke and have sex. And I didn't see half of New York during my first trip. I can only tell you. <laughs> I could only tell you about three blocks in Brooklyn. That's what I saw. <laughs> And I really had Incredible. the time of, you know, I really had the time of my life nevertheless. So it's all about understanding what you're really seeking for. Because when I went to New York, I thought, I'm just going to get there, meet someone, and it's going to be maybe a real love kind of situation because I didn't feel that real love with my partner at the time. Mm-hmm. And looking back, it really felt like real love. Was it real love? Absolutely not. I came back two months later and it was the worst trip of my life. I would have been better off breaking off a leg. But, you know, you have to learn and... I'm really glad that I would say anybody that really wants to try polyamory, you just have to go out and it's 
people have this mindset that polyamory is everything all about sex. It really isn't. I know plenty of polyamorous people that are actually asexual, like they don't like to have sex that much. Polyamory is about a feeling, it's about understanding that, it's about knowing that so many other people can bring love to your life. And I feel like the more people are willing to accept that it's not only about sex, and even it's, if it's only about sex, it doesn't have to be only about love. You know, it's really close and personal to the person that decides to get into it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense to you. Yeah, that does. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing that, Of course, Chris. baby. Of course, always. Have a lovely evening. Thank you. You too. Ooh, y'all are making me go back, honey. New York 2018. <laughs> it was a different time. <sighs> but looking back, I'm so glad that, you know, even though me and that partner were definitely not together as, as of now, as of now, they're still blocked. <laughs> they're probably listening to me. Hey, vapes. But, um, yeah, I'm really glad that that person really brought me out of my shell. Because if I had kept the mindset that so many other people that I know and that I know are listening probably right now, that polyamory is not for me because I can't share. That's the selfish reason not to get into polyamory. I want you to get into polyamory for yourself. And even if you're getting into polyamory because your partner is something that your partner is willing to try, I want you to understand that even if it's not something that you're feeling like trying, like I wasn't feeling like trying at the time, you can do so with boundaries. Because I've seen too many people use polyamory to just be fuckboys and fuckgirls. Too many people use polyamory to just, you know, as an excuse to fuck around. I always ask people, is it polyamory or is it just sex? Because, you know, you can tell me that this is your, 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 his second partner, his blah, 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 his, uh, you know, uh, leg warmer at night, whatever. Do that person really care for you like they care for the first partner? Because my thing about primary partners is, yes, this is the person that technically is the person that you owe the greatest time and just, you know, an energy and the relationship. But that doesn't give you the right to mistreat and treat your secondary and your third and your fourth partners like they're just disposable sex objects. Because that's what people love doing. And I'm telling you this because I'm telling you that. I've seen it for myself. I've experienced it. I've been on the other, you know, that trip to New York. Like I said, I thought it was a polyamory. It was only sex. How did I find out? That nigga made me come back two months later on some, you have to come for Thanksgiving. You know, I want you to come for Thanksgiving. I want you to be here with my friends and whatnot. Let me hold on to that. We have another caller. Hey, do you want to be on air? All right. Tell me something good. I'll tell you something better. How can I help you? Hi, Miss Chris. Hey, baby. Oh, hello, hello. I'm so glad to be on the air with you. Thank um, you. Yes. So, I dated mm. this guy when I was in the ninth grade <laughs> at my high school. He was in the, my science class, mm. and he was a furry. Mm. <laughs> and he was a year older than me. All right. But one day he just disappeared. Mm. Like at the end of the school year, he just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And then I saw him a year later, Miss Chris, oh, in you did? the Costco. I saw him in Costco. I was with my family at Costco mm. and I saw him there, but I saw him with another woman that he looked like he may have been dating Mm -hmm. um you know and i guess with that story i just i just want to know your opinion of you know how could you tell the signs of 
maybe a guy who, or anyone who mm. would abandon you for another woman or mm. another person? Well, once again, it's nothing, you know, it's nothing that people like. Nobody wants to admit that there are, people love admitting that there are the other woman. Nobody wants to admit that there are the, you know, the, the, the long-suffering wife. <laughs> So I would say basically the signs are just the feeling as someone that was the other woman and as someone that has been left for somebody else, I would say you just have to really pay attention to the energy and the way the exchanges are given. For example, I was seeing this guy, right? This nigga was built like Superman. Mm, he was, what, six feet two, six feet three, real muscular, former yoga instructor. And for oh, oh, yes, and he was a bit older too. You know, we don't like, we don't mind that. And he was a bit older. And for the longest, I really felt like he made me feel like I was the one. Because at first, I went into this situationship, this you know, the sex thing, as a, it's a only for sex. He's like seventeen, seventeen years older than me. What does he want to do with a twenty-three-year-old? So I took it as is. But then I fell, and you know, slowly but surely, fell deeply more and more into his promises and whatever. Just for him to really, really be distant and really, really be almost inconsiderate and almost, you know, when you talk to someone and you can see that they're so interested and in hearing from you and conversating with you, but then all of a sudden there's like a little shift and the text, they come really at a specific time and they can never fully hold on to their words, you know? It's mm. either that there's usually somebody else in the picture that they're holding those words to or they're just slowly but surely, you know, getting away from you because sometimes there's not even somebody else in the picture sometimes they're just not feeling it anymore and i wish more people were open about having that conversation because there's nothing wrong about telling your partner or the person you're seeing i'm not feeling it anymore but people are really you know people are scared of that so i would say the signs are there the signs are often and the way that person treats you as to the amount of excitement that you can get from them when you're involved in something with them because you can easily tell when they're not as, you know, into it as they used to be. Or, mm, or last but, you know, last resort, there's always the phone, honey. You better make sure you see when he, he puts that phone on. <laughs> puts that little yeah. phone password on you. Yeah. <laughs> you put some powder on the phone, you dust it up to see the prints, <laughs> like in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, oh, sometimes you I wish you I was an investigator. Oh, don't we all wish? Listen, one thing about me, I will get to the bottom of that story. And that goes on yeah. for anybody listening. If you want me to get up, Miss Girl, I think I'm going to have to hang up because we have some other callers. But I hope I was oh. forthcoming with the answer. No problem. Thank right. you so much, Miss Chris. Always, my love. Always. Have a good day. You too. Hey, do you want to be on air? Hi, baby. Tell me something good. I'll tell you something better. What's up? Yes. So I feel what you said at the beginning of the episode when you were saying... Um, Cheaters do it out of a cheaters cheat out of a mm -hmm. like a lack of self love, mm -hmm. and uh, what advice would you have to someone who's like learning to be with themselves? Learning to be themselves in a relationship? No, to be with themselves. Oh, Cause, to be uh, with themselves. Because mm. like, well, I feel like sometimes some someone cheats because it's their way out of a relationship, mm -hmm. and it's like. So it happens in a really dramatic yeah. and difficult way for everyone involved, but just because that makes it real, yeah. that a separation needs to happen or some yeah. distance. So 
I understand. I uh, this question resonates with me so hard because one of the hardest breakups I've ever had was with the person that introduced me to polyamory. Right? That breakup lasted for almost four years, child. I would say you really have to understand that because often people we get back into relationships because we're seeking something, we're seeking more of a. I'm looking at the time because I'm kind of being wrapped up right now. But basically, I would tell you the most important way to really learn how to be with yourself is to understand that. Even, you know, of course, your first relationship is with yourself, but you also have to understand to love and to be understanding and to be to be okay with feeling stuff and to be okay with understanding that not all of your feelings are, you know, logical. Not all of your feelings are. Oh, baby, I think you're gonna have to call me for the next episode because we're gonna have to wrap up. But listen, everybody else, thank you so much for sh- you know showing love and calling and everything. We're gonna be back every Mondays at six, CKUT point FM ninety point three FM. This was your host, Miss Chris, and I'll see you next week.